This CKNW podcast is brought to you by Destination Toyota in Burnaby, your neighborhood Toyota store. House, we've got Tasia Custody, Andy Barrar, and Graham Williams. Lots to talk about on today's show. Later on in the hour, we'll be talking about connected cars. Do you want an internet connection in your car? We'll be talking with Jillian Shaw from the Vancouver Sun about uh, a new technology and service coming into play in the next few years. It's going to be super uh, interesting. Uh, lots of interesting stuff in the news uh, as well this uh, week. Um, I thought this was interesting, uh, Andy. Uh, I think we're all pretty distracted now, whether uh, that's in a car or just walking or being in restaurants with our smartphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, a restaurant in Lebanon is now giving discounts to diners who leave their cell phones at the door with, the, with their server. It's about time, eh? Like, but, okay. We're well, not so the you first get, one to do this. Well, no, not the first, yeah. but it's just like, you know, you go anywhere. I was in a hotel lobby the other day and I was walking in and everybody sitting in the lobby was glued to their phone. And I was like, what have we become? You know, that, it's like that is what we have become. I know, but even people in restaurants, when they sit around and talk, they're actually just like texting and they're not even socializing. So this restaurant is basically trying to get people to socialize like in the good old days before real the- socializing like what we're doing right now so texting we're doesn't count okay eh? this feels very other. social <laughs> uh, two, two, two things here one um posture i think we're going to have some serious problems in the next 10 years but with people with a they used to call it the blackberry pose not so much anymore but it's you know that terrible posture where you're tucked down head into the phone second thing have you guys ever played phone stack Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is great, This is right? a great thing to do you, in restaurants. You go to the restaurant, and everybody puts their phone on the table in a stack. Yeah. Right? And the first person to pick up the phone... Has to pay the bill. They pick up the check. Yeah. It's brilliant. You don't get a text message for an hour. doesn't matter if that thing is shaken off the table. You leave it right where it is. I want to play this with you, Mike, because I know you can't handle it. Like, <laughs> hey, all the time anyway. I know, but yeah. it's just fun to watch you lose. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got I to take this. <laughs> Very interesting. Twitter uh, has announced uh, a new emergency tweeting service as well. Yeah, it's an opt-in service. Basically, if there's a, uh, some type of emergency, you can get notified on Twitter. I think it makes a lot of sense because a lot of people are using Twitter for instant you know, information, whether it be news or, I don't know, celebrity updates. Well, and it was huge when we had some natural disasters and some emergencies and people were kind of tweeting out their locations and saying, you know, I'm watching this storm and it's headed this way. And so they realized there was a real need for this. And especially because there's a lot of false information on Twitter. So the hope is if you can, you know, follow Twitter alerts, I think is what it's called. It's available in the States and Japan right now and it's kind of rolling out. But if you follow that and there's some lead organizations like the World Health Organization that will be providing them with up-to-date alerts that will then be either official sent to you alerts. via official alerts, accurate alerts, that will be sent to you via tweet or also if you give them your phone number, an SMS text message, which is kind of interesting to see if people will give out their phone number for that. But I think it's a great idea and it's much needed. My question is, during an emergency, like a real emergency, a lot of times the cell phone networks are overloaded yeah. and you're not going to be able to get calls, texts, or or data for that matter. So uh, is this really going to help anything? I think this is almost like this is pre-emergency, is it not? Like, I mean, I, I would imagine How do you know emergency is going to happen. Well, it's I mean, you, well, you know, if there's like a typhoon coming or something, I would imagine like in the event of a serious emergency, this is good. But I think we need a low level phone service that happens sort of in between like something that is I wouldn't say government run, 
but something that happens at the network level, right? It's just, do I really need a third-party service injected in between me and the people who are actually giving me the information? Um, in the States, they've got this Amber Alert thing, and I know there's been a lot of complaints because people are getting, you know, their phone's freaking out at 3 a.m. in right. the morning. that's right. Right, and with Amber Alerts, and it's like, well, I'm not going to get up to go look for a blue Nissan Versa right now out of my street. Yeah. Sorry, but... You know, it's, but don't I, they sign up for that? So you don't have to. Sign no, it's up for that. mandatory. No, it's mandatory. They can push that through the networks right away, and a lot of people are mad about that because they're getting waking up in the middle of the night. I know, but something bad's happening. Yeah. The authorities need their help. It's real time. This is the power of of this. How do you help if you're now? sleeping though? We are we are all Batman now. We are all. I mean, Batman. okay, a little inconvenience, a text message mm-hmm. at three in the morning. No, but the thing the with Phone with this vibrate. Amber Alert thing is um, it actually makes a sound that you've never heard on your phone before. It can actually push that sound oh, really? to your phone. Yeah. Oh, so people, people were freaking out because yeah. they've never heard this. And suddenly it's coming to their phone. They're like, what's going on? They look at their phone. It's an Amber Alert. And um, they weren't expecting it. So at least the, I guess, people need to know that this is a service that can go to your phone. Otherwise, you're just going to get shocked if you wake up in the morning and you, you, you see this weird sound coming from your phone. That says, if there's a typhoon coming my way, I would love to hear that noise. I would love to know it's time to get out of Dodge. Run, <laughs> run. It was interesting. I saw, um, I was on the plane uh, this week a lot, and I um, watched this show. Um, it was a UK uh, TV uh, thing. It was kind of like a, a fake documentary on uh, a blackout in the UK that lasted for a week. Yeah. And it just was crazy how fast society degenerated. <laughs> That's a whole different show, Disconnected. <laughs> oh, oh, it was like awful. But it just like how much we rely on power, like even with the cell phone towers, they've got battery backups, but they only last for, you know, 36 hours, if that. And then most of these cell towers in the UK anyway, I don't know what it's like here. You know, some of them have generators, most don't. Do you remember when Hurricane Sandy happened? A lot of people were in lineups trying to just get power to their phones because, you know. But Twitter was a huge thing in Hurricane Sandy. It was, and that's why it makes sense. For people outside of the? No, for people that were in it, too, that still had service that were tracking it. Okay. Yeah, and that was one of actually the reasons, one of the natural disaster kind of reasons that Twitter decided, hey, we could really leverage this to be kind of an authorized tool or something, right? Or, so people messaging. can know if they can trust it because you do get a lot of the fakery and yeah. and whatnot. But. So one of the reasons I like the Eton Solra, not the uh, radio, it's got oh. the solar panel in it. Yeah. And then they've got the hand crank one as well. Uh, that's a, actually a great gadget to have. It's a, it's basically a battery charger that has a hand crank. So if you don't have any power, you just keep mm. cranking it. It's great if you have kids, too, because you just give it to them and say, keep cranking this and give me... So it charges power. up the battery and you can plug in a phone. And then you can pop, plug in a phone. So you could be in Timbuktu yeah. and charge your phone. It's, you got know. A, it's got an emergency band radio built into it as well for That's receiving right. like weather band and that sort of and thing. And a flashlight on it, too. It's like the it's like a high-tech Swiss Army knife of, of today's digital age. We, are we getting paid for that? We should, we should talk to somebody. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, BlackBerry announced their quarter results. Uh, Took a... Uh, what was it? Like a $900 million... Close to a billion dollars. One billion dollars. One billion dollars. Right. Uh, not selling enough of the new phones. No, we well, we know that now Fairfax is taking over BlackBerry. So they're, they're likely going to go private now. And uh, hopefully they can turn things around. But they're really focusing on the enterprise now. So they're going to get out of the whole consumer thing, which is kind of weird considering the whole BYOD phenomenon. Like your employer doesn't tell you what kind of phone that you're going to use. You tell your employer what kind of phone you want to use in the workplace. So 
It'll be interesting to see how they can turn that around. I think we can all agree that the biggest problem here was actually hiring Alicia Keys to be the uh, <laughs> creative director. director. Really, what they should have done is they should have hired the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Because then give it away, give it away, give it away now. Jeez. Right? Really? Did you I just, just, yeah, I went there. It's been <laughs> so long since we've had a Graham joke like that. <laughs> really bad. Well, seriously, though, you got to think about it this way. If you were going back to the, the, the public and saying, we just took a billion-dollar loss. Now, they did $1.6 billion in revenue. So... Okay, fair enough. But going back to the, the public and saying we're, we're, we're cutting out a consumer, does that seem like a good idea? We've still got all of this inventory on hand. We've got a brand new phone, the Z30 coming out, but we're cutting out a consumer. There is no confidence there now. Really, and uh, folks at BlackBerry, you could take this one if you had a time machine, but go back in time and say, actually, we're doubling down on consumer, and we're going to be giving away all of our handsets for free, zero dollars. We want to get people into the ecosystem, Right. Suddenly now, you're putting those handsets out there. It feels like there's confidence in the brand and people are willing to buy it. What else are they going to do with that inventory? This is, you want to talk about depreciating asset? It's a cell phone because each month it's getting really, really old. The Z10 to me is a very old phone now. And it's only been around, what, six months? Yeah. And I just think of it as archaic now. It's so weird how... Yeah, it's a nice phone. It's, a, it's a great phone. phone. It was a yeah. great operating system. They just came late to the game. They're, too late. They're going to have to bury them out in the desert with all those ET Atari cartridges. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I got right now. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking about connected cars. Do you want an internet connection in your car? What does that mean? We've got Julian Shaw from the Vancouver Sun talking about a new service that Rogers is going to be bringing into Canada in the next couple of years. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've also got Tasia Custody and Graham Williams from the Get Connected team today. We're talking about being connected. This is uh, an interesting uh, article uh, in the Vancouver Sun. We've got Jillian Shaw on the line. Thanks for joining us today, Jillian. Hi, Mike. Glad to be here. So, uh, Connected Cars. Uh, Rogers uh, is introducing a technology uh, partnering with Sprint to have Wi-Fi connections in our cars. They have, you know, and this is interesting that Rogers and Sprint have got together. Sprint rolled out its Sprint Velocity service um, last year, and now they've announced they're bringing it to Canada. And basically what that is is that car manufacturers will be putting this internet, internet connectivity right into the cars they built. Jillian, don't you think it's ironic that they announce this during the month that ICBC is doing a campaign on distracted <laughs> driving? Like, the timing couldn't be worse. Uh, you know, the timing, when, and when the critics, and this has already happened in the States, Mike, where it's been rolled out, um, we know that distracted driving is a leading cause of death. In fact, it's the third leading cause of fatal collisions in British Columbia. So, as you say, this month, police and ICBC have teamed up to to have us put down our phones and, and a real crackdown on distracted driving. So it, the question is, will this lead to more distracted driving or will it be more hands-free? Why do we need to have a connected car? Everyone's got smartphones now, so pretty well most of the information and stuff they want to do is on their smartphone. What, what advantage would there be to have this in the car? You know, I had just that question, Mike, because I, you know, I have a smartphone in my car and and I use it with a speaker, but if I want to get directions, it talks the directions to me. Um, so why do I need my car to be connected to the Internet? Well, what will happen is, and it's very interesting, that a local company, actually, Mojo, 
um, is coming out with a device that will turn your, your old dumb car into a smart car and give it an internet connection, which is kind of a simplified version of what Sprint Velocity is is doing. Um, but you'll be able to plug it into your car, and so now your car has its own independent connection to the cloud. So say I'm you know, far away, I'm in my office, and I want to lock my car doors, or I want to check my mileage, or I want to have some kind of connection to the car. It it's actually connected to the internet, so it becomes another device on my network, um, which is very which is very cool. And I have to say, Mike, the one thing that I'm looking forward to, I already, um, when I roll up to a parking spot in Vancouver, I have an app on my phone that lets me pay the parking. But if my car was connected to the internet, the car would recognize when it rolls up to the parking spot, and my car might pay the parking by itself. How cool is that? I don't know if I trust my car. <laughs> <laughs> my car might want to see me get some tickets. <laughs> get towed. Or if I'm driving by McDonald's and it decides it wants to order like a quarter that's pound not your car, meat. Mike. That's you. Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that does bring up a good point, though, with trusting your vehicle. As we move into the point where we're getting to the Internet of Things, right, and the Internet on your TV, mm-hmm. Internet on your car, vulnerabilities become a very serious issue. Making sure that these operating systems are locked down and stable is, is probably one of the most important things. So the question is, what are these operating, what operating systems are these running? Are they running iOS? Are they running Android? Are they running That's a good question. Windows? Will they be able to hack the car and take over steering control or braking control? Even being well, able to open your doors. These are the questions. I mean, both security and privacy, whenever, you know, whenever a new technology is introduced. Um, and I'm sure that just as they are with the hackers who are looking um, to hack into the um, thumbprint or the fingerprint sensor on the new iPhone 5S, um, there'll be people trying to figure out how to run your cars. But it would be, um, you know, that's that's got to be a question for the security experts, but I'm sure that it is going to be something that's on everyone's minds because all of, you can't start um, running somebody's car, unlocking it, locking it. But, of course, it leads to uh, pretty soon we're not going to be running our own cars because we're going to have autonomous cars. A whole other issue, but that cars will Google is already running driverless cars, and there's lots of work on that. So we may not even be in these cars, Mike. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid. I I want a flying car. <laughs> no, when's that happening, Jillian? Well, I I would predict. I don't know. They say that um, cars will be ninety percent of cars will be internet connected by twenty twenty. So I'm, you know, I'm sure flying can't be more than a few years after that. So this, yeah, exactly. This this Sprint service is available in the U.S. now. Have any manufacturers jumped on board? Well, they in I. The question is, and I put this question to both Sprint and Rogers because they made the announcement of the launch this week, but we we don't actually see it. I, you know, I asked them, can I go into a dealership and buy an internet connected car? Um, and there are certain cars, really high end cars, that have their own, you know, connections. I mean, you you see with special programs where you can have, you know, diagnostic information to your BlackBerry from your car. So it's not. It's not totally. It's not totally new by any means, um, but the the question they couldn't answer was when cars would actually have this. And as we know, the 2014 models are already are already out. So um, at, at what point are you going to see it um, being installed installed in cars? Which which makes companies like 
Vancouver's Mojo, which is a, a startup that's that's kind of bypassing this with a retrofit solution, and it's not the only company to do this, a retrofit solution for older cars. So it's just a device that you can plug into your car and effectively giving it an internet connection and turning it into a Wi-Fi hotspot, if you like, Then it, that will work with different apps. Um, so companies like this, and they're not the only one, are coming forward sort of stepping ahead and producing their own little gadget that will give you an internet-connected car. Well, Jillian, when you get your internet car, give me a call, and we'll, uh, <laughs> I, we'll, we'll go for I'm, a ride. I'm in, I'm in the beta test. I, I expect my car to be uh, talking to the cloud within about a month. Mike, I'll, I'll have it call you. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Jillian, where can people find out more uh, information about you and all the wonderful things you write? Well, I write it for, uh, for the Vancouver Sun and Post Media News, and you can find me at thevancouversun.com. And my blog is at vancouversun.com backslash digital life. That was Jillian Shaw from the Vancouver Sun talking about connected cars coming soon to your car. Andy, contest. We got a fabulous contest this week. We're giving away the Senso Glove. This is a golf uh, glove for golfing that actually has a computer built into it to analyze your swing and to help you not have a swing like Mike Agarbo. Mike, you remember that uh, segment we did on the TV show? We compared your swing to Tiger Woods? Yeah, yeah I was, it was pretty close. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> it, to you, a Tiger. You got a lot of work. <laughs> you're, you're more towards Happy Gilmore than Tiger Woods right now. So if you want to not have a swing like Mike Agarbo, go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Hit on the contest tab to enter and win can increase your chances to win the Senso Glove by liking the contest on our Facebook page and retweeting it on Twitter. Sorry, Mike, you can't win this one. Don't worry. <laughs> We're going to go open line for the last half of the show, 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance anywhere in Canada, here's the number, 1-877-399-9898. We want to take your calls, be your on-air tech support, or give you buying advice for the fall and holiday season. So uh, give us a call. When we come back from the break, we'll take your calls. We'll also hear about Roam Mobility's app of the week. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back. We're open line on Get Connected. The phone numbers again, 604-280-9898 and 1-877-399-9898. We want to hear from you. We'll be your on-air tech support or give you buying advice. Right now, though, I'd like to go to the Romobility app of the week, and uh, we're going to do a little contest with this uh, as well, mm-hmm. and uh, the first person to tweet. Yeah, you have to be following us on Twitter, at GetConnectedNow, and the first person to tweet the correct answer to us will win a Romobility sim. Romobility app of the week is brought to you by Romobility. Stop turning off your phone when you travel to the U.S. Use Romobility and get unlimited talk and text from $3 per day, available at Romobility.com and the app. It's called Schnarped. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so excited because it's T-minus three days until the regular season of NHL hockey begins. And this is a hockey lover's app. So it's kind of for youthful people. They want to get kids interacting with these hockey fans and and, uh, hockey players. And so what you can do is you log into the app it's free and there's about 300 professional players on the app right now and you can basically get all their stats you put in what your favorite team is as well or you can put in your search for your favorite player you can get all their stats you can get push notifications 
If your player has had a good game, you can send them a virtual fist pump <laughs> via this app, and then they can fist pump you back. How awesome is that? That's pretty awesome. It's pretty wicked, right? I mean, think about it. If you're a huge fan of Jonathan Taves is on this app or Brendan Gallagher or the Habs, what? Um, but, you boy. know, if he's had a good good game, right, and you're kind of this, you know, you've looked up to this kid that's playing hockey now, you can kind of give him a fist pump and send him a little note. And it's supposed to be a positive environment is the whole key to this because sometimes Twitter gets out of control, you know, with people getting upset. So it's a positive environment to interact with the players. It's It's really cool. So for the record, what is your team? The Montreal Canadiens. Habitant. Vive le Canadien. <laughs> What's the name of this app again? Schnarped, which brings us to the contest that we're going to run is how did they come up with the name Schnarped for this app? And if we get the answer before the end of the show, then we'll no. let you guys know as well. Please tell me because I'm very, very And curious. they have to tweet us at? At Get Connected Now. You have to tweet us. First person to tweet us the correct answer. And if you're following us, you win. Travel free from U.S. roaming fees with Roamability. All plans include unlimited talk and text, plus free calls back to Canada, available at roamability.com. Going open line here on Get Connected, 604-280-9898. 1-877-399-9898 is the toll-free number. We're going to jump here to Herman. Hey, Herman. Good morning. You know, it's sort of interesting. At the top of the hour, you started off a story about BlackBerry, and you followed through to build connected automobiles. Yeah. What a lot of people don't realize, the most strategic investment that they made in 2010 was an operating system called QNX. QNX is an embedded operating system. I won't bore you with the details, but it's real-time, which means, for example, if you need your cylinder to file every 250 milliseconds, it's guaranteed under this operating system to fire every 250 milliseconds. BlackBerry owns QNX. And as a result, there's literally hundreds of millions of vehicles that already have QNX on, uh, installed. That's right. Um, we actually had a chance to see QNX Car 2.0 at CES this year, and it did look like a rock-solid platform on which to build a connected car. The question is, can you take that layer and then put something on top of it that people are going to want to use yeah. on the head unit in their car? That's really that's going to be the point of adoption, right? QNX is a, is a solid bedrock. like It's a, it's a good, stable system at the Very guts good, of this yeah. thing. But it's the layer uh, that's between the user and QNX that's going to make the most difference. You know, obviously, right now, you've got folks like Apple, you've got folks like Microsoft, you've got folks like um, Google and Android who want to see their operating systems moved into that space. Of course. Right? I mean, they want it to be an extension of your phone, of your tablet, of your PC. So the question is, what's going to, what's going to make it? Now, Apple announced their, I think it was iCarPlay, something earlier this year, a very un-Steve Jobsian name. But um, that was announced at, in their June developers conference. Um, we can only imagine that Google's kind of working on this in the background. I did a review on a, a product a little while back called a, a Parrot Smart Asteroid, um, which is a six-inch double-din DAC head unit that was running Android 2.3. Um, very interesting piece of hardware. I mean, the software was okay. You know, it would crash every now and again. If it got too hot, the radio would shut off. So I think there's a lot of work to be done in that space. But QNX, obviously, like you said, will become... Uh, a key component of that going forward. Whether BlackBerry you know, sort of divests themselves of QNX uh, as they start to sell parts off or if they stay together, that's really, I mean, this is the adventure here at this point. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is what they're going to do with QNX because they actually bought that that company, didn't they? No, they bought the, a, right, I think the, yeah, the color was right. Yeah, and um, they had a lot of hope to use QNX in pretty much everything. And uh, now that... Use that as the foundation of the Playbooks operating system. Yep, exactly. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that right now. But uh, I think that's the last frontier when you think about it, the car, you know, the connected car. That's where everybody's going to try to get into. 
But to be successful, you have to combat that distracted driving. One thing that we didn't mention earlier was that sprint velocity system. You can actually get an app. When you start going over like 10 miles per hour, it will disable your phone. But you have to opt into that. So it's not mandatory. And I think if we make some kind of system that's mandatory, it'll save lives where you can't use your phone if you're traveling you know, at a certain distance. I, I wonder if that will become uh, something that will be legislated uh, in the future where phones have to basically deactivate when they're going over certain Exactly, and we have the GPS, GPS there. It stuff. can recognize that yep. you're going at a, uh, at a certain speed, so it should automatically disable. And I'm not just running fast. And I don't think it should be. I don't. I don't think it should oh, he's be. Like a cheetah. Usain Bolt's phone shuts off all the time. <laughs> We're going to take another break here. When we come back, we'll take a few more of your calls. The phone lines again: six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Long distance one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. Listening to Get Connected, brought to you by our friends at London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with the team. We're taking your calls. Open line 604-280-9898. is the long-distance number. I'm going to jump here to Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, I'm just interested in uh, getting uh, external uh, drives yep. or uh, photographs and things like that. Cool. Um, is that a good idea? I, I think so. Uh, you know, photographs are obviously very important to us. We don't yeah. really keep physical copies anymore. It's all digital. So it's yeah. important that you have multiple backups uh, of this. Do you have a home network? No, I don't. No, you just have your, your computer. Uh, so there's, you know, a couple types of external drives. You can get ones that are like USB that plug right into your laptop or computer. Fantastic. Or network-attached uh, ones, which yes. would plug into your into your router. Uh, the advantage of those ones uh, are that your entire network can access that uh, yeah. that drive and store stuff on it. But anyway, um, you know, Western Digital, Seagate, they make fantastic external drives. You can go down to one of your local London drugstores and they can uh, help you pick one. Uh, I would also recommend um, uh, a third place to store. Obviously, you're going to store it on your computer. You'll want to copy on this external drive. Uh, I would also look at some cloud storage uh, as well, just so that you've kind of got all your bases covered. Exactly. Because if you lose those photos... They're never coming back. You know, there's one thing, Mike, uh, I saw the other day. It's a, a safe, and it actually has where you can put your external hard drive in it, and you can access it. So whenever, if you have water damage or fire, you can put your external drive, still have access to it because it has a USB port on the outside. Really? Yes, and we're going to be getting it in for the show because I think this is a great thing. Like you mentioned, everybody has all their photos on some kind of hard drive. Yeah. Photo albums are, are gone. Like, nobody does that anymore. But... To your point, uh, it's always good to have an external drive with all your photos, but also put it on the cloud as well, so you have all your tracks covered. Graham, what do you use for cloud? Personally, uh, for using for the cloud storage, I use Dropbox, yep. um, which is great. I, uh, is that going to be enough, though, for like... For photos? For two f- gigs? That's a, still no, a lot. No, it adds like, I've got 15,000 <laughs> photos. Like, I've got like 100 gigs. I, 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 I pay the $100 a year. Um, I've got 50 gigs on, on Dropbox, and it's yeah. been very reliable for me. Um, the great thing about that is if you've got a smartphone, you can also connect it to your Dropbox account. It will automatically back all your photos up there. So I'm backed up through iCloud uh, with Apple with my photos on my phone, and I'm backed up for all my other photos, 50 gigs there. Um, those are for the most recent ones. They, I'm starting to spell some of those off, and I've actually got two backup drives because uh, we say in photography, uh, two is one, one is none. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you've got one backup, you don't have any backup. Exactly. Right. You need you need seconds. And I mean, at this point, external drives are cheap enough that you can do it. It's a hundred bucks. Now, think about the last time you went on vacation. If somebody stole your camera 
Would you pay $100 to get your pictures back? Chances are probably yes. Yes. So why wouldn't you pay $100 to protect all of your pictures all of the time? Not only that, you have access to it wherever you are. You have internet connection. You can have access to all those photos. So if you want to show people, you just open the Dropbox app, and then you can show people the photos. In terms of a hard drive, I recommend Seagate. They have the Backup Plus. That's an excellent hard drive to back up all your content, whether it be photos, movies, uh, pictures, anything like that. One little thing to look for here when you're looking at an external drive, you'll see a lot of portable drives that are the smaller drives. Don't go with those for photo backup. Look for the drives, the bigger ones, that you can plug into the wall. Reason for being, they usually come with a fan in them. Keeps the drive cool, extends the life of the drive. You want something that physically plugs into the wall and not just USB, right? Something that's going to take a little bit more power, but it's going to have that cooling to keep the drive safe. What about uh, Flickr, the photo sharing site? I I forget how much storage it is now. It's like a terabyte or something. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Has anyone used that lately? I don't know how easy it is to actually back up. I haven't, honestly, I haven't used Flickr in like it's, it's, four it's, years. It's funny, actually, I do use Flickr, but it's just, it's so unconscious that it's there. All of my Aperture photos from um, the app Aperture, or if you use uh, Lightroom, um, they, they automatically back up to Flickr for me. So it's, it's kind of just seamless there. I've got a Flickr profile and all of my stuff goes there. I've just completely forgotten that it's there. Um, it's just really handy. It's great when you want to show off pictures in a beautiful way. They've got a brand new site design that looks really good. So uh, in essence here, obviously keep photos on your computer, back it up to that external hard drive that you want to purchase. Go down to London Drugs, they can help you out, and look at a cloud backup storage uh, solution as well. You're probably going to have to pay some uh, monthly or yearly subscription, but can you put a price on your digital memories yeah. is the, uh, the question. 604-280-9898, is the toll-free number. Going to jump here to Eric. Are you there, Eric? Yeah. Um, hi, guys. Uh, just uh, the iCloud thing. I've never tried using it. What does it cost, or if it costs anything, and how is, how does it work? Is it secure? And then I got another question about smart TV. If you got a moment. Sure. For we'll uh, we'll go with the iCloud uh, question first. iCloud is free right off the bat. So if you've got an Apple device, or even if you don't have an Apple device, you can create an iCloud account uh, at iCloud.apple.com. Uh, with that, you get five gigabytes of storage for free, and that's used for uh, uploading your photographs, backing up your iOS devices, and syncing your settings across iOS and macOS 10. You can pay an additional fee for additional space. So right now I'm paying $40 a year for 50 gigabytes of space on iCloud because I've got a ton of different devices. I've got, I think, two iPads, an iPhone, and two Macs, uh, and I sync back and forth between all of those. Um, that is optional. And you don't need to do it, but I personally find it to be a very useful feature. iCloud does tie in with your App Store account as well. So if you use the same App Store account as you do for iCloud, um, you can do things like buy an iTunes Match account and play your music on all of your devices. That's 25 bucks a year. Um, personally, I think it's a great service. You know, uh, Can you get these things for free elsewhere? You absolutely can. Google does a lot of this stuff for free. Google Drive? Um, Google Drive. I mean, Google does the same thing. They do 10 gigabytes instead of 5, yeah. but uh, you will pay additional... Uh, funds to get a larger drive there. Um, SkyDrive as well? SkyDrive, interestingly enough, they're changing the name. Really? Yeah, we don't know what it's going to be yet, but um, they were sued by uh, Sky TV in the ITV US. ITV in the UK. Uh, yeah. uh, in the UK, pardon me. And oh, so, Cloud Drive. Cloud Drive, Azure Drive. <laughs> but that's iCloud. Now, we had a question about Smart TV as well. Uh, smart TV. Uh, Eric, what was your question about uh, Smart TV? Well, Smart TV, I mean, I noticed that my Smart TV, I can, I can sort of search YouTube and look at stuff that way. Um, are there any other apps that I should be aware of for smart TV or anything? Where, how do I download that? Do I have to set up accounts to get more apps for smart TV to do other things or to search the Internet, or what do I got to do? What uh, TV do you have? It's a Philips 50-inch uh, LED. It's very 
very new, just like a month old or something. Okay, and it's got uh, the, the smart function built into it. Yeah, and I noticed it's got a couple other things, but they, you know, when I click on them, they say not available in Canada or whatever, yeah. you know, the usual. Yeah, so that's a challenge. A lot of the, those apps for smart TVs, um, you know, are, are geographically centered, especially in the U.S., like Hulu, for example, yep. you know, the streaming services, because the content isn't licensed for Canada, for example. So I, I think the most popular smart TV apps, no matter what kind of device or TV you have right now, will probably Netflix yep. mm-hmm. uh, would probably be number one. You know, for 8 bucks a month, you can stream all kinds of movies and TV shows from Netflix. YouTube. Yep. Um, yeah, other than that. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube actually has a great app because you can actually push whatever you're watching on your phone yeah. to your TV. It has that, that functionality. I've tried it out. It's really cool because essentially you just look on your phone, oh, I want to watch this, and then you just beam it to your TV. And it's a, it actually works, which is fantastic. So that's definitely an app that you're going to want to try. My, my problem with smart TV that's built into the television is that a lot of the manufacturers aren't updating their apps as yes. they go along. Yes. It's one of the reasons why I'm a big proponent of the external box. Yes. So in the case of... Like, a streaming the, media player, basically. Yeah, Google Chromecast is one. The Apple TV is another. The Roku, Roku. I love Roku. Roku, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they've, they've even put a headphone jack in the remote. How that's smart right. can you get? Yeah. Like, that's kind of cool. And the great thing is those apps will be up to date because they're constantly developing them. Uh, Apple just released Apple TV 6.0, which is the new software. Added some new channels, some of which... Are available in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> Do I sound better? I am. Yeah. So Netflix and YouTube. I mean, you can monkey around with some of the other apps there and just see which ones uh, are good. But I think those are probably two of them. And there popular. are subscription apps, too. If you're a big NHL fan, you can get the NHL, I think it's called Game Center Tasia. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? And yep. you could uh, subscribe to that and watch uh, as many hockey games as you possibly want. going to have to take one more break here. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. For the Twitter contest... Where did the name Schnarped come from for the Schnarped app of the, the week? The game, the card game called Schnarps that pro hockey players play when they're on the road between games. Really? True story. What uh, What does this game entail? Well, that I do not know. Who's <laughs> the winner? Uh, the winner is Wendy Gorey. Congrats, Wendy. So we're going to DM her some, some prize details. DM her? Yeah. Direct message. Send her a direct yeah. hey, message. Hey, you're hit, Mike. You're all, you're all street <laughs> Twitter talk there. <laughs> We're going to jump here to Rick, who's been waiting patiently. Can't get access to your CDs, Rick? Well, yeah, there's, there's an interesting thing that happened. I talked to your, a couple of years ago, I talked to your uh, Corel guy who you had on. Yeah. And back in the 90s, I transferred most of my photos, or I, I, I scanned most of my photos onto disk. Yeah. And then changed computers a couple of times, and everything worked fine, and then went to a laptop, and then a netbook, and then I couldn't access any of my uh, None of the CDs and none of the uh, none of the save stuff. And your guy said, "Well, you do this, 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 and, and give us a call at Corel if anything if you can't get it opened up." Now I know with a physical album, I don't need to be retrained to open an album to look at a photo. But what I've got now is CDs that are totally inaccessible. Uh, there's a dozen different programs on the net that you can download, which I have, and that say they can access access any. Uh, uh, photo and any Photoshop image, and and they don't access these CDs. That's um, interesting. And were they just like regular data CDs, or like Kodak photo CDs? No, they were data data yeah. CDs. They worked for they worked for ten years, and yeah. uh, back probably probably from nineteen ninety four till oh, 2003. and then uh, and then after that, uh, I think I, I lost the I lost the uh, Photoshop disc. Yeah. 
so I couldn't load it onto the new 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 computer and the new laptop. And yep. then my new ones now don't even have a, a port for, or they don't have a disk drive. They they only have the USB ports, and yep. uh, and I've got the flash drives. So I'm I'm SOL, and nobody seems to have an answer. Nobody. Uh, Graham, any thoughts, sir? Yeah, I've got an answer, and I don't think it's a good one. Um, those CDs, the original CDs from, uh, you know, in the mid-'90s, they used a dye that does degrade over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were archival-grade CDs that you could buy that would last, quote-unquote, up to 100 years. But the fact that we are now almost 20 years out from when you originally burned those CDs, I've got a feeling you've got data degradation, that it's gone. Yeah, you know what? Well, well you can go to data well, recovery that's... services and try to get that data out from there because, you know, the, the CD medium is, is something that deteriorates, like Graham mentioned, and uh, you need to get it onto a hard drive or something like that and migrate everything over there. The very nature of a burnable CD is the fact that it is chemically alterable by laser light. It's not a stamp CD like you would buy in yeah. a store. So, I mean, we've, we've even seen it with DVDs with what they call disc rot. Yeah. So... Um... Yeah, I would I would check with the data recovery service to see if there's something that they can potentially do there. That's uh, that's a tough one. That's all the time we have left for today. I want to thank Dominic on the controls and also my Get Connected team here, Tasia, Andy, and Graham, and the rest of the Get Connected team that helps put this together. It's Mike Agarbo logging off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next time.